Welcome to this week's inspiring episode of Aspire to Lead, and I have the wonderful pleasure of talking with the esteemed Jillian. Jillian Dubois. And in this wonderful conversation, we're going to be talking about the powerful strategies to effectively decrease stress and prioritize our mental well-being as we are ending our summer and looking forward to the brand new school year. So stay with us as we talk through valuable insights and practical tips that will help you navigate life's challenges as a leader. And we will be really talking through resilience, creativity, and consistency in our habits. Welcome back, everyone, to Aspire to Lead, where we will be discussing the visions, inspirations, and experiences from top educational leaders. My name is Joshua Stamper, and you can connect with me on Twitter or on Instagram at Joshua double underscore Stamper. Aspire leaders, I am so overjoyed because I get to spend some time with a good friend of mine who I've gotten to see in person a couple times, first at Teach Better 22, but then also at TCEA in San Antonio, where I just had the most wonderful time with a group of educators. We got to have dinner spend some time, get to know each other a little bit more. And this is also a phenomenal podcaster, author, educational leader, speaker, the whole nine yards. Jillian, thank you so much for being on Aspire to Lead. Oh, thank you. That was a nice introduction. And yeah, we did have dinner together. I'd forgotten about that. That was fun. <laughs> that was fun. It was kind of a weird situation because there was a blizzard practically <laughs> um, in San Antonio, Texas, which you wouldn't think that would happen. And we just had a lovely time with, like I said, a group of phenomenal folks, and uh, we got to sit down and, and just enjoy each other's company, and it was just a very memorable time. It definitely was. Great memory. Great memory. So let's introduce yourself to my audience, because you are doing so many wonderful things, and every time I speak with you, I feel better after, and I just can't wait for our conversation today on mental health. But before we do that, will you just share a little bit about your educational and leadership journey? Sure. Actually, started out um, in education later in life. Funny enough, fun fact, I was an ophthalmic technician for about seven years and uh, assisting with an ophthalmologist in his surgery, surgical practice here in Clearwater, Florida. When my son came along, I decided to stay home and went home and stayed, did the stay at home mom thing. And then when he went to school, I was like, well, I got to have something to do. So I volunteered in the classroom, fell in love with kids when he was in kindergarten and thought I need to be in a school. So that progressed into becoming a lunch lady, which progressed into becoming a paraprofessional with children with varying exceptionalities, which that really gave me my start in my foot in the door with understanding different needs of students and um, made the transition to teaching. At that time, Florida had, was in desperate need of teachers. So if you had a four-year degree, boom, they magically gave you a professional certification in education. And I got that and started teaching that next year and never looked back actually for the next several years taught third and fourth grade until my son struggled in school so much. He had dyslexia, ADHD, and was on the autism spectrum. Also had some central auditory processing issues. So school got progressively more difficult for him. 
So I decided, we decided as a family to stay home and homeschool him. So through, well, eighth grade through high school, we decided to homeschool him. And that actually taught me more than I had ever learned in the classroom. So that taught me to be a teacher who was flexible and understanding and caring and compassionate and empathetic and inclusive and all of those things. Rather than have a group of 20 students, I had one student who taught me all of those things in a matter of five years. And when I went back into the classroom, I was able to really, really just evolve my classroom into one that had you know, a safe environment, one that was full of joy and a love for learning and um, just the creative spirit and the, uh, it was okay to take risks and it was safe to take risks. And it was, it was just a wonderful place to be for the past, uh, let's see, that was about seven years. I went back to the classroom and then most recently I have left the classroom and in the past two years, have been a professional learning specialist with a company that provides professional development for educators, which I love because that in turn is giving me a chance to help other educators kind of understand what it means to really kind of get to know your students and share with them what you learn through ed tech tools and strategies that you can implement with them in the classroom. So in a nutshell, that's where we are today. Well, you've done a lot of wonderful things, not only in the classroom, but I, I'm so excited about your new journey too, as far as expanding and get to work with educators all over this country. And we'll talk about that more too toward the end of our conversation. But I want to talk about something that I think a lot of educators, a lot of leaders are afraid of, and it's something that's not discussed a lot. And I think, you know, over the summer, this is probably a good time for us to reflect and to maybe build some new habits and strategies to make sure that we are being healthy with our mental health as the school year progresses. And I, I want to talk to you about some strategies or some things that you think leaders should implement into their own life because, you know, mental health is something that it seems like is depreciating for a, a lot of folks and it's, it's affecting, you know, their job and, and their campus and their community. Yeah, it seems like it's become, you know, we talk about it being a buzzword, but at the same time, it becomes almost like kind of like just a commonality and we say it all the time, but what does it really mean? It's almost like it's lost some of its effectiveness when we talk about it because everybody's like, oh yeah, well, I feel stressed or I feel anxiety or I feel depressed. And, you know, it's almost like we don't take it serious enough. Um, And I think that we need to. Um, And really one of the important things I believe that we, most important thing that we can do is just listen to each other. And, you know, Josh, we are all over social media. So there's so many of us that are on these platforms and we have such a strong connection and such a strong network of friends and what we actually consider family of educators here on different platforms. And I see so many of the repeated, there's so many things that are repeated that are, you know, ah, school's out for the summer. Great. I'm going to relax. I'm going to rest. And, and they do for a while and just most, you know, now it's July. And now what do you see? You see everybody going, oh my gosh, school is starting in a few weeks. I can't believe summer is over. What am I going to do? I just, oh, you know, and it's like that vicious cycle. And you can already sense just through posts that you can sense the stress and the anxiousness coming back into play. And 
I think it's a good time just to remind everyone that, you know, we all, we all suffer from a mental health crisis and mental health is not one thing or another. It's a, it's a spectrum. It's a continuum. And we are somewhere along that continuum. And we even fall on that continuum, different places on different days, but we're all there. So to understand that each one of us, five and five are on that continuum, we just need to give each other that grace, but we need to kind of help ourselves understand that there's so much more to it than just the word. So I think about the natural progression of, okay, well, that's great, Jillian, but how do you, how do you deal with it? How do you think about those things? And it's, I don't believe anything happens just like randomly. Um, And it's funny that you and I are talking today because just today I posted something and I came out and just posted a reel that just said, you know what, guys, today I'm stuck. I'm feeling overwhelmed. I'm feeling like, I I just feel like I am trying to do all the things. And why am I trying to do all the things? Who am I trying to impress? Am I trying, I'm comparing myself with so many other people and I don't need to do that. So I just need to let it go. I've got to exhale. So having the awareness is key. Being able to share is key and not being afraid to share. But a lot of us are afraid to share. So I that natural progression is, yeah, that's okay. We'll get there. I'll get there maybe one day, but I'm not there yet. So there are a couple of different things. So I think of three different things. I think of care. I think of creativity and I think of communication. So those three things. So to care, and I don't mean care about other people. And I know this is going to sound selfish, but it's care about yourself. Um, Care about what makes you, you. And it's okay. (laughs) Before we started talking, um, Jaws is like, well, how's your day going? And I'm like, it's a good day. It's a yes day for me. (laughs) And he was like, well, what do you mean by that? And you know what? It was a day when I got out of my house. I went somewhere else to work because I work from home and I just had to get out. I took my computer. I went somewhere else. I worked from home. And then I drove 30 minutes to my favorite smoothie place and got an acai bowl for myself. And it was just a, yes, I am going to do something for me today. Something small. Yes. Something, but those small wins are what make a difference. Those things when you can care for yourself in just the smallest of ways is going to bring about big change. Um, So care for yourself and listen, listen to what your heart has to say. If you're feeling overwhelmed, if you're feeling like things are too much, then listen, listen to yourself and talk to yourself. I talk to myself all the time. I talk to my dog all the time. I listen to music. I sing it to myself. I find songs that are going to really have that have meaningful lyrics that I can kind of like, okay, meditate on and go, okay, this means something to me. It's positive. It's uplifting can help me get out of this funk a little bit and then stay consistent and patient with yourself. Coming back home from ISTE, you know, you're around 16,000 people in one place for four days, people that are doing amazing things. 
people that were doing great things, people that were really like, I looked up to them. I fangirled over them and want to be like them and came home with all these aspirations and these ideas and this, I got to do this and I got to do this. And yeah, that's going to make me, it's going to make people like kind of respect me more and look to me to be an example. And well, step back, Jill. Why? Why do you want to do these things? Do you need that in your life right now? No, you don't. So let it go. And I'm trying. I'm not saying I'm successful with it, but I'm trying. So even trying. So having a yes day, that's still, I'm saying yes by letting it go. Yes, I'm going to let that go today. Small wins. Um, so that's one. Okay. I'm talking a lot. So that's after my first point. Do you want to, do you want to interject anything? Well, I figured if it was a yes day, I was just going to ask for a bunch of stuff and then, you know, get it on the record that you're agreeing to it. No, I want to talk about habits because I think this is going to go with your other points too of like, this is summertime. This is where, like you talked about, everyone gets excited. This is where I get to go on vacation. I get to, you know, spend time with my family and, you know, I get to unplug and all these different things that they're doing, you know, for their mental health and for their well-being and they're caring for themselves They're reading books. They're, you know, doing all these things that they don't usually get to do during the school year. But then it comes to July and August, and then the stress rises, then the to-do lists get longer, and then they, you know, that starts to dwindle down to the point where they're not taking care of themselves at all. So when I'm thinking of habits, like what are some things they can start to do now to then go into the school year with something already established so it's not like they're just trying to yeah. begin in the chaos of the school year? Yeah. And I think, I mean, that creating those habits and being consistent. So I said, you know, being consistent and patient are the most important things. And the small things, like those small wins, write them down, like journal them. Every time you get a win or you find something, a habit that is working for you, like write it down. I have a journal, like in every one of my rooms um, in my house that um, I'm not real good at digitally just typing everything in. So I have a pencil. I bought some new pencils the other day at the grocery store. I was so excited. I didn't go on Amazon because I promised myself I would not buy anything on Amazon this week. So got my pencils and you know, it feels so good. And honestly, there is something in your brain that is, there is something therapeutic about putting pencil to paper um, and the feel of your pencil on paper that does something to your brain and makes you feel better. So, you know, whether it's something like that, find something for you that, that works and be consistent with it. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. You can find out more at teachbetter.com slash podcast. Now let's get back to the episode. Okay, so my second point was creativity. Yes. Let's do it. So- and realizing that one size doesn't fit all, right? We're all not going to find, just like I was saying with the pencil and the paper, we're not going to all find the same things that are going to apply to each one of us. But I just want to encourage you, encourage everybody to take a risk and find something that is outside of your comfort zone. Um, so, you know, for me, and I'm, this is going to sound hugely silly, but for me, it was driving 30 minutes away to go get my favorite acai bowl. I don't drive 30 minutes to go anywhere. I have my five mile radius 
that I stay within pretty much all the time because I'm I get anxious when I have to drive somewhere um, on the highway. And I was like, nope, today is my yes day. I'm gonna do it. And I did it. And when I got there, I was just gonna get it and come right back home. And I thought, nope, I'm gonna sit there in the quiet. I'm gonna eat it there. And I did, and it it just felt so good. So just even something like that, that was way outside of my comfort zone. I know it sounds silly, but again, that little win, and that was just a little bit of creativity. It's all it took um, was just doing something for myself. Um and accommodate, make accommodations for yourself. We make accommodations for our students all the time. So if something is not working, change it up, modify it. Um, and then I you know, encourage you to do that with your own like planning, with education, with, with your kids. When you are starting to think about, you know, gosh, what do you need to do for your own kids to get them, you know, ready for school or school shopping or school supplies or for, you know, your own students when you're thinking about your lesson plans and all the standards that you've got to, to teach and have them master this year. And so, you know, think about what you're going to do. Think about the different tech tools that you learned over the summer. Think about the creative ways that you can just implement some of the new strategies maybe that you're thinking about. So, you know, it's just one of those things that the more you use your brain and the more you're thinking creatively, that's going to help you too. So instead of getting stuck and stagnant, doing the same thing, even if you're reading the same book at the beginning of the year to, you know, your class that you read every single year, find a different way to read it. Maybe do something different. Maybe, I don't know, turn out the lights and have them all laid down and, you know, read it with a flashlight. But uh, just think about different ways to do things. Ed tech tools, strategies, reteaching some of those learning styles that maybe you just kind of have put in the back corner. Do something different. Do something creative. All right, Jillian, I want to talk about those journals that you've got, because I know you're one that's really good about gratitude and you know finding joy in small things so for maybe someone that's like you know what i've heard a couple times from different folks that journaling is really important i probably should do it but i don't even know where to start like what are some things that you do yourself in your journals or what would you advise others if they're thinking about that as a, a mental health strategy yeah i you know for me it is just if i hear something if i hear a song lyric I'll write something down. If I hear something in a podcast, I'll jot it down. I mean, there are just a few little things like I know your audience can't see what I've written down, but I mean, it is just a hodgepodge. It's not anything formal. There are just little bullet points I've doodled. When I write something down, it means something to me, but it's also I'm doing it with purpose thinking it's going to be something that I could share with somebody else. So I wrote something down and this was, gosh, uh, this was dated January and it was from uh, a webinar that I watched and it said, familiarize yourself with your overwhelm, get to know it well, recognize it. That's all I wrote. And two days ago, I was able to share that with a friend who was really going through a hard time. And I, she had reached out about something and texted me and I said, I've got something to share with you. Let me, I just reread something about that. And I typed that out to her and texted that back to her. And, and she said, 
thank you so much. That means so much. Oh my goodness. That's exactly what I'm feeling right now. I need to familiarize myself with my overwhelm and be okay with it. So, you know, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about caring. Yeah. When we care for ourselves and we're doing little things like journaling for ourselves or listening to podcasts or reading books and, you know, writing things down, that is going to overflow and that's going to help us reach out to other people and touch other people. And it's going to spread. Um, and then with the creativity, it doesn't take a whole lot of creativity to write things down, but what can stem from something you share with somebody else, which, you know, I shared something with her and that led me to draw something the other day. And, you know, it's just, I don't know, our minds are an incredible thing, but we just have to be aware that we can always be better and we can always help one another. And it doesn't have to be big, huge things, just the small things to help each other take one little step in front of the other. I want to talk about something that is a mission of yours, which is growing positivity and providing a little bit of joy in the field of education. And I am so fortunate to have your wonderful podcast on the Teach Better Podcast Network. And I want you to talk about that. So Moments of Imparted Joy is a phenomenal podcast. I got to be a guest on it not too long ago. I think it was like episode 42. So definitely check mm -hmm. that out. But the podcast, what is it all about? And, you know, you're talking about creativity. Why did you create it? <laughs> it started because I actually just kind of like found Anchor um, when it was Anchor. Now it's Spotify, but I found it and I thought, oh, this is fun. Look how cute this is. And I'm like, I just kind of wanted a podcast, but, you know, I don't have the fancy tools. I don't have anything, you know, I, I'm not, you know, that creative. And so I was on my way to school one day and I just thought, you know, I was early. Um, I used to get to school really early and I sat in my car and I had my phone and I had downloaded the app and I thought, I'm just going to play with it a little bit. I'm just going to like, kind of just, you know, talk into it and see what happens. And I remember I did like a two minute little recording just of myself talking and I played it back and I'm like, oh, I think I have something here. That's kind of fun. And I thought, all right, I'm going to start, I'm going to start my own podcast. And it's just, it was called moments of imparted joy. And it was usually most of them, uh, probably the first 25 or 30 were in my car sitting in front of school before I would walk into school. And it's four to six minutes of just, you know, thoughts, kind of random thoughts, but thoughts of positivity and optimism of things that just maybe I have on my mind, on my heart, things that happen during the day. Yes. And I'm starting to kind of incorporate kind of other people's thoughts into it. What brings you joy? How do you share joy? How do you receive joy? Because there is so much of it out there that we need to cultivate and to grow. And it helps us to thrive as, as people. And why not share that? So yeah, that's how that started. Okay. I am going to push back on something you just said, which is you didn't think you were a very creative person. And I am literally holding three of your books that you have illustrated and written and published. So let's talk about something else that you've created, which are, which are your books. So what did you create here and how can I disprove your statement of not being very creative? Okay. 
Well, I guess there are different avenues of creativity. So yes, I can draw and I can write. Yes, you can. I cannot, I cannot sing. I cannot sing and I cannot, uh, I don't know, dance. <laughs> Let's say that. <laughs> cannot. We're not going to see you on TikTok I, anytime soon. Is that uh, no, I dance like Elaine on Seinfeld. So <laughs> I've always loved to draw. Yeah. So I started drawing and I wasn't actually ever going to be an illustrator, but when I wrote my first book during the pandemic. I had asked my aunt, who was an accomplished artist, to illustrate my book. And she said, no. And I said, why not? And she said, because you can do it, because I've seen your artwork. Um, You've been doing art since you were 10 years old. And I said, okay, only if you help me. She said, I will help you. So we kind of collaborated, got some ideas together, and she helped me with Liv's uh, character and Liv's seashells. And so, yeah, kind of took off from there. I do them all digitally, which has been incredibly fun, and now have kind of broadened my horizons to doing illustrations for other people, which has, um, interestingly enough, been very difficult. Because when I'm telling my own story and I'm illustrating my own book, I can very easily know what's going on in my head and what words I'm trying to illustrate um, and what the story looks like. But when you're illustrating for somebody else and you're trying to tell the story visually for them, uh, it's a completely different ballgame. So I highly respect anyone who is an illustrator, because it is, is definitely, definitely an interesting and difficult job, but uh, one that challenges me, one that stretches me, and one that I have grown to, to really love. And I take my time. Yeah, I do enjoy it. So it just, I wish it moved a little faster than it did, because it does take quite some time. So, you know, it is a huge process. I would say it takes about three hours to do one illustration. So if you're doing a 32 page children's book, you know, that's, that's a long time. So we'll have the link uh, in the show notes. So folks can pick those up. They are beautiful and very impactful. I love them dearly. So I want uh, everyone to check that out. And then I'll also have the link for the podcast because I think everyone needs to push that subscribe button and get a little bit of joy, you know, just a powerful four to six minute message each day. And uh, I love that so much. The one question I want to come back to is something that is kind of like my center for this podcast for aspiring and, and current leaders. So if there's something they can do tomorrow or next week to enhance their leadership journey, what piece of advice would you provide them? Well, I think next steps. Um, I've got three. So find a supportive team to share with, um, whether it is your own journey, whether it you're looking for resources, whether you need to share ideas, find your supportive team, advocate for yourself, regardless of, of your needs and your, or your strengths. And the last one would be, don't fear your voice. Yours may be the one that matters most. So if you are finding somebody needs to hear you speak up. I was shaking my head vigorously. I think those are very clear and concise. I think that's something that everyone needs to do. All right. So let's talk about how people can connect with you. So I know you have a lot of different 
social media accounts. So let's uh, list them off and make sure folks are connecting with you as soon as possible. I do. Um, well, the best way is probably Twitter. So it's Jill Dubois 22 or impartedjoy.com. If you go to impartedjoy.com, they are all listed there. You know, Instagram now has threads and, you know, it's like, I, I don't know, Josh, they're all like, there's so many now they're all getting so complicated. I wish we could all just have one hub where we could all come together. I know. It's just, <laughs> I swear every, every week there's a new thing. I'm just like, okay. So maybe, I know. It's, maybe it's not so. a yes day for that, but uh, <laughs> I will have the variety of links for my listeners to make sure that they're connecting with you. But like you said, your, your website is probably the, the hub where they can find yeah. everything and yeah. um, go from there. So depending on what your social media outlet, uh, what your favorite is, then make sure you're connecting with Jillian. She is phenomenal. And Jillian, you, like I said before, seeing you in person, talking with you on a Zoom, you are just so much of a light. Like I feel better after every conversation and I, I am just so happy I feel blessed to be your friend have those conversations grow and learn from you thank you so much for all that you do for educators and for just being such a, a powerful leader in education thank you keep shining <laughs>